Hey everyone, welcome to Neighbor Science, the only podcast about political economy and anime. And I, I really mean that. It, it's the only one. Um, the other ones don't count. Um, they are pretenders. Enough about those things. They must be ignored. <laughs> There's anime influenced political economy, I would say, out there. But um, right. right, we're the only one that's fully both. Um, so today, as you can hear, we have Chris. How you doing, Chris? Hey, it's me. I'm great. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Hoping that I don't good. burp into the mic a bunch of times while we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> or if I do, it sounds <laughs> funny. <laughs> right, right. Every every horrible gastric eruption is a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this episode is actually pretty much your idea. So uh, tell us what we're talking yeah. about today. So... Uh, I think it was sometime in the last week that um, Brookings Institute tweeted out uh, some kind of uh, new new fucking you know, co-optation thing uh, where they were like, oh, uh, you know, we can we can add value to black communities by defunding the police, and and. Uh, it's like this kind of neoliberal hell speech, right? You're like adding value to black communities. Who are you? <laughs> Why would you say this like this? You know, um, and I, and I just tweeted out, like quote tweeted them or something like, you know, you, you know, you've got momentum when the fucking Brookings Institute decides to co-opt your movement if they can. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> these guys are like the kind of conservative end of, of neoliberal DC, like, just like I, 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 I won't say too much detail about this, but I was in their buildings uh, for a few weeks uh, doing a gig and they were some of the most empty people I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just for anyone who doesn't know, Brookings Institute is a like a centrist think tank. I think they build themselves as nonpartisan. Right. 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 Which is Let's a fairly that. typical thing in, in yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. On Think Tank Row, I forgot there's a Think Tank Row. That's, <laughs> that's awful. Right, <laughs> right. The, uh, the, it's like a ghetto for horrible pundits and wonks who, who can't compete in the real world, but yeah. who like, are just like just drowning in capital and uh, high opinions of themselves. <laughs> okay, yeah, so they describe themselves as nonpartisan. Uh, mm -hmm. Represent diverse points of view, which is right. hilarious. And uh, their, <laughs> right, their right, stated right. mission is to provide innovative and practical recommend practical recommendations yeah. that advance three broad yeah. goals: strengthen American democracy, foster the economic uh -huh. and social welfare, security and opportunity of all Americans, and secure a more open, right. safe, prosperous, and cooperative international system. That sounded right. like way more than three right. things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's like we have we have like three points, but each point is like full of like several distinct point A, concepts. Section one. <laughs> right, right, exactly, and, and and of course, all of it is again, it's just like a summary of the neoliberal program, which yeah. itself is as empty as the people who run it. <clears throat> it actually reminded me of uh, the that time when Sarah Palin wrote notes on her hand. For a debate <laughs> and it was like energy tax cuts right. and lift american spirits <laughs> <laughs> right 
Oh my god, just this platitudes upon platitudes. Yeah. So I'm still uh, I, I'm just yeah. Yeah, so we're we're basically gonna like look at some of their earlier views on police. Um yep. I only went back as far as twenty sixteen because I'm not a machine. Mm. Um you know, I don't wanna <laughs> right. I can't well, I can't and, read and history... that many Brookings articles. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, as we know, like um, there was a there was a space time uh, break in 2016. Sometime yeah, so that around, was actually like 40 uh, years ago, you know, midsummer. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> everything that happened in conventional time up until 2016 uh, was like a fairly uh, steady, uh, pr- predictable flow of events that like related more or less directly to one another. Um, and, and culminated in, you know, while often strange and confusing events and outcomes, you know, you could map it pretty quickly with like a, a, a fucking calculating machine or a, or a protractor and some paper and say, oh, you know, I can see how like the French Revolution led to the rise of a guy like Napoleon and the destruction of the Holy Roman Empire. That makes sense to me when I look at it. <laughs> and, you know, and then but then something about something about 2016 just like it just snapped off in into the cosmos and like we're just kind of like this fragment of space time that's just now just kind of tumbling through like non-reality and 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 sub-reality and and bumping into just random occurrences of things uh and and so yeah every every day is a year and every year is like an epoch and it's all just insane yeah, I think we yeah. went from from like linear time to Jeremy Baremy time. <laughs> right. <laughs> time no longer flows like in a direction. Time is just like uh, it's it's like the same water, but just like constantly just like shaken up in a jug. Yeah, <laughs> it's just going every fucking direction and bumping into itself. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Yeah, so I basically and that's just the like search. Yep, that's it. <laughs> um, that's everything. So I basically just searched the word police on Brookings. Mm-hmm. This, this is how I found all their yeah. articles. I probably should have tried some other search terms. I think I might have tried like law enforcement yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. But um, right. yeah, sure. so this is just going to be like a really <clears throat> cursory overview. I mean, their views aren't. Uh, they're, they're important in the sense that they're influential to you know, right. the state, but set of uh, exactly. we don't yeah. care about them that much. <laughs> right, right. But right. it is an, an interesting topic for one episode. So, um, yeah. so the first one here is, uh, is actually a book excerpt uh, mm. from some Harvard douchebag. Um, he's like a professor of, <laughs> you know, fuckity fuck, whatever. Um, right. And so he wrote this whole book on police reform. Um, and this was April 2016. Uh, so Brookings like put uh, the intro of the book um, mm-hmm. on, on their site via Medium post. Like so, the guy wrote mm-hmm. he he put the expert in a Medium post, and they posted it to their site and uh, had an interview with him. Um, so uh, so he sa- he starts by saying that uh, policing in America has some some really serious problems. Uh, So he says, Mm -hmm. at the scene of the Boston Marathon bombings on April 15th, 2013, 
Boston police officers and other emergency workers instinctively ran toward the site of the explosions to help the injured and take control of the scene, even while nobody knew how many more bombs there might be. Um, so that's that's the first problem. Uh, the second mm-hmm. problem is three days later on April 18th, MIT patrol officer Sean Collier was shot dead in his patrol car by bombing suspects Joe Carr and Tamerlan Sarnayev, who were apparently seeking to acquire weapons and perhaps provoke a major confrontation with police. In an extraordinary dis- extraordinary display of public appreciation for police officers and the dangers they face on a daily basis, more than 10,000 people attended Officer Collier's funeral. During that week in April 2013, nobody seemed to have anything but praise for the courageous and selfless way police conducted themselves in the face of those extraordinary dangers. Um, so, uh, what, do you, what do you think of this so far, Chris? Oh, man. It's just like the... It's just like propaganda slurry, like, like, hey, remember those, remember those frightening foreigners that we murdered for for blowing up some people in Boston? Which you know, I mean, that's a complicated political situation, right? Uh, you know, I think uh, Joe Carr is still alive. Yeah, he's probably in some. He's probably being hung upside down by his fucking ankles in some basement yeah. somewhere, right? Like, yeah. yeah. You know, they're 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 like feeding him through a hole in his neck and asking him questions designed to like make him go crazy. Yeah, that sounds probably about right for the United States uh, intelligence apparatus. Okay, um, yeah, but he is yeah, still like, alive. I just checked. Um, uh-huh. In like the most technical sense, right? <laughs> yes. Like, and, and I don't right, know like if you remember is... this, but uh, one of the other things that was happening at the time was uh, a lot of people thought that Joe Carr was like. Uh, really cute boy <laughs> they were like horny for him <laughs> yeah 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 i remember that i was like oh yeah he's the one everybody wanted to fuck like, <laughs> he's, he's the he's the bomber that everybody wanted to like do blowies on you know <laughs> maybe now he has a bunch uh, of cool face tattoos like a soundcloud rapper yeah yeah probably yeah <laughs> or they're like you know cigarette burns from the american intelligence uh, right you know deep state right uh, <laughs> that's really a sort yeah, of tattoo <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's like it's a it's a permanent mark that means a lot about your life <laughs> um but yeah that, that, that third paragraph that you included you know about like the courageous and selfless way that police conducted themselves in the face of those extraordinary dangers i like I just, I just, it's like, it's like, uh, how, how, how many, how many ways can we like needlessly valorize the professional state paramilitary mafia complex, you know, like a bunch of, bunch of people in fucking costumes who happened to be sort of sent into their city that they normally brutalize and they did what in particular that was special and courageous like it's bizarre well, one really special see... courageous thing they did at this time was uh uh-huh. they locked locked down the whole city and were like pointing <laughs> guns at people for looking outside <laughs> oh, I love trying to that go shit. outside you know i mean I, I i often have to be reminded as a person who's inside a lot these days that like go you know looking outside is, is probably bad for me and um, is also like an act of political dissent that I need to be punished for. So I, I have to say I appreciate our good boys in blue for for like threatening the lives of people who 
just needed to be reminded to sort of stay in their lane by never looking outside their own homes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you look at if you look at the uh, the Tsarnaevs, then um, they they gain power from your appreciation. So. Um, Sorry, run that by me one more time. I think you broke up there for a sec. Oh, I just said if if you look if you look at them uh, through your window, then they mm-hmm. gain power from yeah. you. Oh, that's true. It's kind of like how cameras suck your soul out your eyes, which is why I yes. never take selfies. You know, because that's just a very confusing cycle of of power exchange. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So. <laughs> This is how he starts the thing. Obviously, you know, it's a way to say like, oh, we're about to talk about some problems with the police, but we got to remember that they're actually the good guys. All in all, you know, when something really bad happens, um, they're they're the good guys. Um, Mm -hmm. he, He did not mention the, like the fact that they kind of oppressed people while they were doing this lockdown thing but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's immaterial i guess um so here's here's the actual bad part uh according to this author uh so he says <laughs> uh 2014 and 2015 brought to public attention a series of incidents many of them video recorded on the cell phones of passersby that appalled the public astonished many and raised troubling questions about the quality and nature of policing in america Several, mm-hmm. and I, I underline this, incidents involving the deaths of unarmed black men at the hands of uh-huh, white police officers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just deaths. <laughs> just, <laughs> just happened. <laughs> yeah. It was um, so weird. It's like the, the white officers just kind of like, they were like roll along and they were like, hey, 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 black man who lives here and is in your own neighborhood. How, how's it going? And the black man was like, well, you know, it's just another day. And, uh, uh, uh. and then... And then mysteriously he fell down and, and then he was just, he perished. And then these yeah. police officers were tasked with collecting the body and establishing the time and cause of death. I mean, it's, it's astonishing and, that America is plagued by these mysterious deaths. And, and really when you think about it, it's like, you know, it's hard on the, on the police officers too. Right. I mean, just so much grief they must feel. Uh, yeah. For these no one incidents likes, involving no one likes deaths to kill. at the hands. Yeah, yeah. Not anyone at all. Nope. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Incidents involving the deaths of unarmed black men. Oh, and that's another thing. Unarmed black men, like, as if it would have been okay right. if they were armed. Right, um, right, right. <laughs> at the hands of white police officers, albeit in different jurisdictions, came in quick enough succession oh. to be perceived... A- perceived as a pattern uh, and to prompt national uh, debate and to prompt national debate. So, so um, a, I'll obviously like questioning the perception of very obvious murder and then saying that it was actually controversial, you know, they're like, ah, oh, you know, nobody could really agree what was going on here, but all we know is there was these incidents. It was, uh, perceived as a pattern because of like, things happening a lot in the same amount of time and like and they were all the same kind of thing so it's kind of like it, it was like a pattern 
But, you know, <laughs> maybe it wasn't a pattern. <laughs> the thing that always gets me about these two is that, like, everyone, like, uh. everyone who was an adult uh, at this time also remembers Rodney King. Yeah. Either through, like, indirectly through culture or because they were, like, watching it happen. Mm. And there's always this idea that, like, it's a new thing or that we just noticed. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. though, like, Mm -hmm. everyone has always known. It's just, like, at at a certain point, we just decided to start ignoring it again. Just like, you know, after 2015 it started getting ignored again until May 30th of this year. Yeah. Yep. Um, (laughs) Okay. So the pattern was pretty much established after two high profile incidents, just three weeks apart, the death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri and of Eric Garner in New York city. And again, they said the death of not the killing of the murder of (laughs) right. Right. (laughs) The mysterious um, disappearance of these two people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, public concern over these issues, over the issues raised. Oh my God, this is not a good sense. Public concern over the issues raised drew commentary from mm-hmm. the president. Uh, mm-hmm. Led to the establishment of a presidential task force. Resulted in mm-hmm. investigations of patterns of police conduct by the Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division, and spawned protests against police violence particularly against minorities Mm. that spread across the nation far beyond the cities directly involved. Um, So I have more underlined stuff. Uh, Drew commentary Mm -hmm. from the president. Right. That's it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, the the presidential task force, like, uh, if you you haven't figured it out by now, if someone makes a task force for something, that means they don't Mm. care about it. Yeah, they're yep. just trying to make it look like they're doing something. Exactly. There's like a little. There's like a little like announcement, and they're like, "This person here is going to uh, look into the perceived pattern of mysterious life endings of people recently." Who, who and just I'm happened going to be to black? Go, right, and I'm going to go get on my Xbox and blow up some kids in Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah basically and uh if i recall correctly uh some of the commentary from the president was that uh blm are thugs oh and, yeah I love uh, that shit that uh his professor henry lewis gates and the cop that accosted him for trying to go into his own house uh should mm-hmm. come to the white house and hash it out over a nice cold beer <laughs> christ but uh, he did, oh, he did make gosh. that task force. So, right, 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 right. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's drink about it. You know, just me and the pigs hanging out <laughs> in our favorite watering hole. <laughs> um, there was a recent uh, Champagne Sharks live stream, and uh, T mm. put on. Uh, there was like some Obama live stream thing. Uh, like Obama Foundation thing, and uh, oh. so he gave like a speech at the beginning of it, and then it was like other people talking. Um, but it was it was so fascinating because 
he spent basically the entire time just like trying to protect his legacy and like brag about the nothing that he actually did like saying oh we uh we found new data on you know we got some really good mm-hmm. data on how how this happens uh we got data on how uh black people are being killed <laughs> right and oh, uh my god yeah their their whole thing was uh, always like oh we need to uh you know go we need to go into the community and do the work of um you know, finding out how the community feels about it. And it, right. he was like, so right. they're <laughs> like <laughs> cops beat and kill black people. And then they go into the community and they're like, Hey, what do you think about being beaten right. and killed by police? And they're like, we don't like it. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well we need to figure out uh, something that we can do about this. How about cops stop right. beating and killing us? No, no, something besides that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. It's like, hey, so, uh, you know, hey, we, we brought some cops along so that you guys can have a conversation. So how do you feel about these guys beating and killing you? Uh, <laughs> are we on Bad. camera right now? <laughs> Zero <laughs> yeah, out of ten. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and uh, another thing I underlined in this passage was that it was against minorities. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, I think liberals, but academics especially are like allergic to saying black people right they can't just yep. say that it's against black people it's got to be against yeah. some yeah. something more pc than that yep 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 they have to avoid they have to avoid at all costs any kind of clear view of the structure of the system right right yeah mm-hmm. that's a good point yeah yeah, yeah. that's why they're so vague people, about it might, might think about anti-blackness white supremacy exactly right exactly and the fact that like black people are as a rule you know systematically like boxed into a, spe- a very specific category and a very specific set of like you know sufferings and so forth in order to you know super exploit them you know for capital and of course it's tied to white supremacy and oh my god once you do, you know once you realize that you become a fucking you know antifa thug and <laughs> and destroy the government and so they don't want that obviously so um all right so let, let's continue the weasley copaganda here um yeah let's hear it so he says uh citizens of any mature democracy can expect and should demand police services that are responsive to their needs tolerant of diversity and skillful in unraveling and tackling <laughs> crime and other community problems there's a lot to unpack in that one sentence <laughs> love to unravel crime <laughs> <laughs> Um, love to love so, to insert myself into community problems and decide what is to be done about them. <laughs> so mature democracy, I, I think, is mm-hmm. an interesting phrase. I don't I don't see that one too often. Maybe it's just because I'm not reading yeah. much like liberal crap. But As, yeah, that, I was gonna say that's 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 the sort of thing that like liberals, centrist, conservatives, like that whole spectrum of like dipshit politics, um, like that's like civility shit, you know. Um, so I guess. Is a mature democracy yeah. like uh, a democracy that uh, made it so that uh, non-white slave owners can vote? Is that what they mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, Where they allow women to wear pants in public. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love tolerant of diversity. Yeah. that's a that's a Just fun. tolerant. All they have to do is tolerate it. Right, right. And it's diversity. It's, you know, people who are yeah. not normal. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, these these cops uh, are promising not to kill someone for, uh, you know, looking funny to them or, you know, being someone that is not part of their own, like, kin network. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we need cops that will, you know, uh, not beat black people until they commit a crime and then they can. Right. And then, yeah, exactly. Then all bets are off, you know. Um, so he continues, they should expect and demand that police officers are decent, courteous, humane, sparing and skillful in the use of force, respectful (laughs) of citizens' rights, disciplined and professional. These are ordinary, Uh, reasonable expectations. Yeah, they're also fucking meaningless. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like what, what, what do most of these, what do the most of these words fucking mean? This is all just like more uh status quoist like you know white supremacy class shit decent courteous you know i think he wants okay fine but like come on he wants them to be uh to like softly beat people and um to be nice to the mcdonald's employees when their hash browns are late right right i think i think you know the the humaneness and um the respect for citizens rights of the police was was on full display when they got dylan roof that cheeseburger for yeah. sure uh, they really cared about his his little tummy rumbling after he <laughs> murdered all those people right and they're like oh my god you know i remember when i was his agent i was kicking around with a fucking ar trying to blow away a bunch of churches that were not like me and then they're like, ah, oh, but we have to be tolerant of diversity, right? He has a bowl cut. It's not I mean, my when, favorite, you, when you think about it, but... you know, uh, violence is really like, a, you know, a symptom of, uh, you know, a negative social environment. So it's really not his mm. fault um, that yeah. he did that. So he's just online a lot. You know, he's just he just saw <laughs> some weird tweets and decided that, you know, they meant something that they didn't. Uh yeah. Also, sparing I if he was a Ben Shapiro guy. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So later, he says, uh, he starts talking about community policing, and he's like, "But whenever someone advocates for community policing, others object, pointing to the lack of convincing mm-hmm. evidence in the research literature that community policing is effective in controlling crime." There are some rather clear reasons for that lack of evidence, including the fact that community policing in many departments has been mere rhetoric, and even where community (laughs) policing has been implemented in ways that affect operations, the variations Uh in form between departments are too great to permit reliable evaluation. (laughs) Damn, can you imagine community policing just being mere rhetoric? (laughs) Uh, You know, it's it's, it's a little far-fetched. Bro. But, uh, you know... (laughs) It just yeah it's, it sounds like it's just like it's it's not even just mere rhetoric but like none of them take it seriously at all i mean obviously to us but it's just he says the variations in form between departments are too great to permit reliable evaluation in other words none of them are doing shit and police departments are a fucking mess that's basically what that means I wonder if the variations in form between departments being too great to permit reliable evaluation would also be too great to permit reliable community policing being effective. (laughs) Exactly. Which, by the way, he started the sentence with saying, uh, there's actually no evidence that it's effective. Right, right. (laughs) 
And I, I um, was like, I, I, I popped into the book too. And like, I think the final few paragraphs of the book still double down on like, we need better community policing. And it's like, dude, you just disproved that, that, that it's even effective or that people take it seriously within the policing, you know, the, the police department apparatus or whatever the fuck you want to call it, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, I've, I've looked at like a lot of <laughs> studies about police violence and I don't recall ever seeing one that shows that community policing does anything. And like, yeah. What's supposed to be the, the theory that like, it's people that live in your community. So they won't fuck with you. Like do any of these mm-hmm. people talk to their neighbors or interact with their neighbors? Do they think that there's like that police aren't going to be like the biggest assholes in the neighborhood who would be totally happy (laughs) to fuck with you? Like, yeah. What is the idea? Right. 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 Exactly. I mean, cops are, cops are the, cops are the kind of people who'd be like, you know, their, their idea of community policing is just, you know, being able to stroll into anybody's fucking barbecue on any given day and grab somebody's wife's titty and like steal some beer out of the fridge you know, like harass the kids and the animals and then go home, laugh it off, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, I I hope I can be policed by, you know, the fucking psychos that are on next door, uh, posting about, you know, (laughs) suspicious looking men instead of psychos on next door talking about suspicious looking men, but in a different neighborhood. (laughs) Like what the fuck? (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, oh so yeah, obviously community policing is like the thing that they've been all about for a long time. Um, that's the big mm. liberal reform. Um, I mean, all of the other stuff is like, you saw the eight can't wait shit, right? Oh my God. I saw that immediately and immediately started like shitting on it all over Facebook because Facebook is where like, you know the apolitical and the centrists and the libertarians hang out pretty right. much. And so like, I was like, all right, I'm going to nip this in the fucking bud. And like, I, I have like a kind of an acquaintance from back in the day who was like, well, you know, I don't know why like you hate this so much because like, you know, we do need reform. And like, you know, it was kind of like this, like she wasn't confident. It was the typical liberal shit. She wasn't confident that like we could push something drastic that we right. that she admitted we needed and then she also said and also like you know i'm trying to respect that like you know like black people came up with this set of reforms you know and i was right. like uh that doesn't that's tokenizing and it's bullshit because they're paid by fucking capital to do this <laughs> like, yeah they're a plant and it's a bad set of reforms that don't matter in most places you know and the places yeah, where they do matter most people seem to have seen through this yeah maybe exactly. i'm in a twitter I bubble most of us but it seems like it did yeah not no, catch on. i think i think eight to, eight to abolition and and also just the continual feed of like cop brutality i think pretty much drowned it in its nest um but i think obviously there's going to be like the diehard like soft-headed liberals who like think that reform is the only thing you can ask for but like they don't fucking matter like we're in we're in fucking yeah, like the ones that were like um, oh defunding is too aggressive and divisive we need to call it something else like reform right 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 and like i'll, I'll put it this way as i've sort of put it in a few different terms to other people um again 
2016, space-time broke off and we're spinning through a, like a, a, a dying universe, right? Uh, and now, in terms of like where we're going right now with like neoliberal hell world and fucking fascism and shit, like we're in what I guess we could call like um, deathmatch acceleration speed run, which means yeah. you can't ask for fucking tepid shit anymore. You just ask for everything. And if yeah. somebody wants to fight you about it, you fucking knock their shit up. You know, like you just fucking knock them down, and 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 that's it, and and that's all. <laughs> End of fucking story. <laughs> the one that really got so, me out of know. the eight can't wait shit was the uh, require uh-huh. warning before shooting. Yeah. Oh my god. That's yeah. Same. I just cannot believe they put that on there. <laughs> right. Holy fuck. That is it's so me. wild. <laughs> like it's really I'm wild about to, to fire. me. fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like people are fucking setting buildings on fire, and they're like, "All right, all right, we we get your point. We'll make them warn warn you before they shoot you." <laughs> yeah, before they fucking murder you. Which is of course just <laughs> going to no result reason. in them being like, <laughs> like shooting at the same time as they're like, "We will shoot at you." Yeah, we will shoot you. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like half the time you also see this in the in the fucking police videos is like the cops are already being fucking aggressive and then they shoot you. You know, it's like it's obvious they're going to fucking shoot you. Everybody, right. anybody with a fucking, uh, you know, like with fucking like, you know, two square inches between their skull plates is able to think this when they see people in action. Like that person's being aggressive and that person's not. And so the aggressive person is going to fuck up the non-aggressive person because that's what aggressive people do, you know, when they have that much power. And, you know, and of course, when you actually pay attention to cop brutality stories and you actually fucking think about it, like, you know what the fuck is going on. (laughs) Yeah. Another telling you that they're going to fuck you up is not going to stop anything meaningful from happening. Another thing uh, that I saw on one of the Champagne Sharks live streams was a video clip Mm -hmm. of a bunch of cops that had wrestled a guy down to the ground. And yeah. Um, he like at first was not trying to resist and then they grabbed his hand and started pushing it toward the cop's gun. Oh my God. Yeah. Which I, I, I think I had never seen before. That. So they were trying to make it look like he was taking their gun mm-hmm. so that they could <clears throat> yep. kill him. And the yep. guy was like trying yep. really like he, they, yeah. they were not able to make him grab the gun. He was trying really right. hard well, not to. God, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, I heard um I heard something about maybe it was that same incident, but I heard something about that on uh, the discourse episode that just came out the other day. Uh-huh. Um you know, talking about like, oh yeah, you know, cops are pushing hands onto guns now. And it's like Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, well it's it's similar but not the same, but it's a similar tactic to uh whichever night in Seattle it was, I think it was like night 3. Uh, when the cops were really fucking gassing people um, where there was somebody at the front line with a pink umbrella. Uh, so it's like, you know, so it was obvious to anybody who was really watching like what happened to the umbrella because it was brightly colored. Right. So it was easy to see. Um, so, you know, stupid cop for picking the pink one, I guess. But like <laughs> they were all up at the front line and the cops were like lined up right in front of them in the kind of more typical standoff style of protests. Right. Uh, where everybody's like inches away from each other. And, uh, you know, probably most people who who are listening have either heard about this or seen it. But if you haven't, basically, um, 
you know, these umbrellas are up front because Hong Kong tactics uh, took root in Seattle because of all the gas and shit. And um, one of the people, she had this pink umbrella and she was just holding it, right? And it was on her side of this invisible line between them and the cops, you know, where it's like a few inches of space. And I think it's like she twitched the umbrella and the cop just grabbed it and pulled it toward himself, right? And pulled it toward himself. So then it, it made her lurch toward the cop and then they started gassing everybody, right? Mm, so, yeah. you know, so people who caught that angle on it were like, they immediately shared it and they're like, look at this fucking shit, right? The cops literally pulled someone into their line in order to make contact forcibly, but in a way that it looked like that person was, I mean, the person was in the cop's space technically, right? Um, even though I don't think that we should consider any amount of space that a cop occupies to be their space because they shouldn't actually exist. Right. But like, yeah, you know, in this kind of like, uh, in this kind of colloquial way of putting it, you know, the cops were lined up and they pulled the person into their space. Um, and then that's, that was enough pretext for them to start literally just like choking everyone with gas, uh, you know, hundreds of people. Uh, and thankfully, you know, um, Seattle has moved on to um, the next chapter of things and we'll see what happens there. So were there like other angles being shared that made it look like she was attacking him? Did you see that? Any of that? Yeah, I think, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, some of the, like the mainstream, you know, like, like local news and shit were, were not catching that, uh, you know, maybe had like more of a view from either behind the crowd or behind the cops or something. Um, but definitely, I mean, at this point in our lives, you know, in the timeline, right, like we're forming a kind of a counter panopticon, you know, uh, yeah, where surveillance. we have, that's right, surveillance, right. And so we uh, have all our phones and stuff. And it's, it's like, as long as they are afraid enough of shutting down the internet and shutting down digital communications and stuff. Uh, we'll continue to be able to pretty much capture and upload all of this shit uh, right. as long as we're all present at the same time, you know? So that was an interesting thing that, that kind of popped into my head as a result of uh, little moments like that. But, but it wasn't the only one that was like that, where it was like different angles would have yielded a different, you know, uh, interpretation. Right. It's just like basketball, really. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, speaking of cameras, uh, the next mm -hmm. article here is on body cameras. This is from 2017. Uh, surprisingly, uh -huh. uh, they say body cameras do nothing to prevent police violence. Um, so, they cite like some studies on um, body cams. They did one in the D.C. police and I think one in the New York uh, NYPD. And uh, mm -hmm, found that mm -hmm. there was no change in the level of violence that uh, police would use if they were wearing body cams or not. I mean, this mm -hmm. is something we know. Like, they'll, they'll yeah. just turn it off. <laughs> or, yeah, well, and that's that's the or it'll capture the footage and they cams, right? will just nothing bad will happen to yeah. them anyway. Right, right, because they're like, yeah, we're cops and we were just enforcing the fucking law, and you're like, uh, the law is bad and you're bad. But yeah, they'll yeah. also just like stop they'll just say stop resisting even if the person is like clearly not they'll just start yep. saying I, it constantly yeah i've seen that shit man yeah uh it's fucking pathetic 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> if, if that shit worked for everybody, can you imagine the amount of people just walking around going, stop resisting? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like trying to take your phone or something. Just stop resisting. Punch you in the face, run off, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So they say not only are they not effective, but they're, they're also a huge cost. Uh, so DC mm-hmm. spends $2 million a year on the data storage that you need to run those fucking mm-hmm. body cams. Um, on top of the million dollars that they cost to buy in the first place. Um, and so they conclude uh, if MPD, which is the police, uh, DC police, uh, chooses to keep yep, uh, body-worn cameras, it should be clear about what goals it is trying to achieve in doing so and why the lab's RCT could not measure uh, randomized controlled trial cannot measure those effects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is possible that body-worn cameras will have bigger impacts on police behavior in other cities. But places considering implementing body-worn cameras should follow DC's lead and rigorously evaluate their programs to be sure they're getting the progress they hoped for. So I'm just going to double-check, but uh, pretty sure that they are still (laughs) using those body cams. So it's not like they evaluated it and were like, oh, actually, this isn't effective. We're not going to do it anymore. (laughs) <laughs> right right well i think i think one of the, the interesting things about body cams is like they on their own don't like pre- they don't prevent police violence as we have just discussed mm-hmm. um but but the fact that we at some point started making police wear them and then police started doing all these shenanigans uh is basically proof that uh like when presented with a corrective measure, police will fucking ignore it and make a bunch of shit up instead. Right. Yeah. Like they will absolutely just step around shit and be like, fuck it. Fuck you. And you, and you're like, Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so what does this mean about the cops? Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just further. I mean, it's just further, uh, uh, evidence in the gigantic shit pile of evidence against cops being worth anything at all or even worthy right. of being in our fucking society, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And then like, I mean, yeah. even whatever rules you put on them, they're supposed to be the enforcers rules. So how is it going to do? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is where liberalism just like fucks itself in the head basically. Yeah. It, it's like the same thing with like, uh, oh, we need our government to be more accountable. It's like, well, they're the government. So right. by definition, uh, by structure, not they point- cannot be accountable to you. Exactly. Exactly. They'll only appoint their task forces, which is them, to do this, right? Like the classic joke about like the CIA investigated itself and found no wrongdoing, you know? And you're like, yeah. Of course they fucking didn't, right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that was something I was gonna say earlier uh, when uh, we brought up uh, in the the guy's book uh, led to investigations, resulted in investigations of patterns of police conduct, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, investigations are just like task forces uh it's just like a way for them to delay doing anything and just give uh an excuse for you know people who aren't as uh suspicious or skeptical of them to be like oh well they investigating themselves and uh they said they were they actually didn't do anything wrong so it's fine it's uh, <laughs> right <laughs> I think I think the whole thing is like uh, just getting getting enough tension released. They they aren't trying to satisfy everyone. There's going to be people that right. yeah. like see through all their bullshit, but uh, mm-hmm. you know the bulk of people who 
maybe like don't have a direct interest in stopping police violence um who are just like hey this is wow this is really fucked up uh you guys should stop uh doing that to people why would why are you doing that they can get them to stop paying attention uh as closely if they're like oh okay we're doing an investigation now but yeah yeah man so speaking of investigations here is uh an investigation on school resource officers uh so if you don't live in this horrible horrible country uh, and you don't know what a school resource officer is uh it is a cop that they put in schools um to uh, beat kids who are being criminals, basically. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! And like, look, look for drugs on people and shit like that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to, uh, you know, of course, make make the the white kids feel safer. Um, yep. So this article is called "Does Policing Make Middle Schools Safer?" And uh, I put the <laughs> the header image from this article in the show notes because I I just think it's so interesting. <laughs> Are you seeing it? Can, can you describe <laughs> yeah. this? Like, oh, how, oh how can God. we describe I, it? I, it's dismal, to be honest. <laughs> it's just like, it's like a, it's, it's it's the top banner for this article, and it's a picture of like, uh, a fucking cop. It, it, he's got, yeah. It's like on the on the left, it's like this chud pig, and then yeah real just like red-faced fucking old like boomer yeah he's really red (laughs) yeah yeah just kind of got the kind of guy who like who like orders beer by bucket and like has like like i don't know just just i mean just beats the shit out of his spouse like you could tell this guy is one of the 40 percent you know and he's just he looks dumb enough to not get away with it yeah and he's like He's got to be like in his fifties. He's got gray hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all, um, his, all his real, real uh, glory days behind him now. You know. Yeah, and so he's getting a handshake and a shoulder pat by. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell if this is like a non-binary person or just like a kind of feminine-looking boy right, or a masculine-looking right. girl. I'm I'm not sure. They have like. Like a kind you know, of side uh, cut type hair hairdo a with young like curly right, who's, hair falling down you know, on the other side. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like a a brown kid behind them who looks mm. kind of standoffish. Frankly uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like like how the fuck did I get in this shot? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I here? Yeah. Um, and then one other girl in the background can't really tell her facial expression. Her hair is kind of covering her face, and she has a shadow on it. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was an yeah. interesting picture. <clears throat> yeah, it's very, 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 very posed. Um, yeah, like like they they caught the the they got the cop and this and this one kid to like make nice for the camera, and I think the other two were just kind of stuck in the shot somehow, and they're like, no, no, stay, it's fine. And then, you know, it just looks that way, like it's just awkwardly done. Yeah. Very cursed. Um, so the article starts by <laughs> talking about um, this program in North Carolina that is just like face of madness psycho shit to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So they, they say, I, uh, in a recent study, I rigorously evaluated the effectiveness of Senate Bill 402, Section 8.36, passed by the General Assembly of North Carolina, a grant program that provided selected school districts with $2 for every $1 spent to train or hire SROs in elementary and middle schools. So uh-huh. for every dollar they spent on putting cops uh-huh. in elementary and middle schools, they gave them mm-hmm. $2. Right. Wow. Right. This is, oh my God. <laughs> this is so fucking fucked up. <laughs> so they're basically saying like, we will pay you double what you spend on, on putting cops in children's schools yeah uh and i does it does it specify where that money even goes or it just goes to the district what is even Uh, happening it sounds like it goes to the district yeah Uh uh-huh so basically some school administrator is getting like a hundred grand for the 50 grand you know yeah that they, they pay the cop yeah damn and uh, North Carolina, by the way, is like one of the bottom five states for their school system in the country. It's uh-huh. one of the worst. Um, so it's great that there's they're injecting cash in the form of let's hire more cops in schools. That fucking rules. <laughs> right. Right. Instead of being like, you know, we could just uh, cover some school lunches and uh, and, uh, you know, more like social programs for these these kids, you know, so that they can like focus and like, you know, study better and really well, like, they can do that. They have, you have to put cops in the school to get the money. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, so the, the author says uh, they compared disciplinary acts of 460 middle schools over a seven year period some of which received the matching funds and some of which did not before and after the policy was implemented. Uh, and they used statistical techniques to make the comparisons work. Um, mm-hmm. So they start off saying the obvious bad stuff about school resource officers. Um, so it says, uh, despite the North Carolina position statement, research shows that increased frequencies of interactions between school uh, students and school resource officers were not related to feelings of safety at school. Rather, <laughs> student experiences at school uh, were better predictors of feeling of safety. So, like, if the school is better mm-hmm. in general, then they're going to feel safer in it, which right. makes complete sense. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, like, there are studies of just interactions with police in general uh, and and how safe it makes people feel. People's opinions of cops are inversely correlated with the number of interactions that they have with them so the more you interact with cops exactly. the more you think they suck uh, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um and so they also say that uh males students who have strong connectedness with schools and students who have positive who have had sorry who had positive attitudes toward sros reported feeling safer in schools however Females, African-American students, and students who have experienced various forms of school violence, such as fights, arguments, bullying, or religious teasing, reported feeling less safe in schools, even though SROs were present. (laughs) I just find that, like, that 
phrasing even though is just like so disingenuous and hilarious (laughs) like oh yo the black kids don't feel safe when the cops are in their fucking school are you fucking kidding me are you goddamn out of your goddamn mind (laughs) like (laughs) or like the young women who like i mean we know we know like there are a ton of fucking sex predators in Mm -hmm. in the force you know like like the ones who you know will like uh detain some young woman or a or an underage girl and be like oh well you know now they're in detention we can uh, have sex with them and it's not rape because we're yeah cops and legally it's in the law or it's legally right there was a story about that recently and it's yeah, like there's i think there's still seven states Jesus. left where that's legally not rape right it's astounding because yeah. it's to me it's partly because of like the it's astounding because of like the puritan sort of uh, tone of the country and like you would think that the the shit that the cops uh, like you know they're like the puritanical sort of bullshit in our government's sort of culture and our like prevailing white culture i guess or like i should say dominant white culture um you know that that makes sense for like the oppression of of not non-whites and women and stuff like that in general but like they're so sex phobic that like you would think that you know they would not have had that codified and so i'm just like wow like what the fuck how did that happen you know like again cops are bastards and the government is bastards but i'm just like how did this become a thing even like in america i gotta think it has roots in like the slave catching uh, that's kind of what i was wondering stuff. yeah yeah right right where they're like oh if we catch some quote-unquote subhumans you know then it doesn't matter right like right. we're the cops and it you know yeah fuck man that's so fucked up Ugh. yeah there was a but really yeah, good so, um, you know, pod damn america episode cops recently about yeah. uh the origins of police uh so yeah. they say approximately 23 million taxpayer dollars were spent to supplement local districts uh funding for local district funding for SROs in North Carolina between 2013 and 2017. Um, So God, that's like $6 million a year. Holy shit. Um, Mm -hmm. So during the 2013 to 2017 period, the annual amounts represented less than 1% of the state's budget. Uh, Relatively speaking, the dollar amounts were not excessive. And I, I think less than 1% (laughs) of the state's budget really means close to 1% of the state's budget. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> and 90, 95 FTEs uh, so Jesus Christ about 90 96 people can work full-time for uh, each of those four years uh-huh. on that amount of money um, <laughs> fuck uh, so they start doing yeah. a little hedging uh, in the next uh, uh-huh. part uh-huh. so they say um, I agree with a National Association of School Resource Officers, Jesus Christ, report that notes that <laughs> it is difficult to inventory all that a, an SRO can do for a campus and its surrounding community. Moreover, <laughs> it is certainly inappropriate to quantify the costs of saving lives, which school resource <laughs> officers have done. Uh, no. <laughs> However, it is also uh, important yeah. to examine how doubling down with more SROs can have negative life-altering effects for students. For example, there is evidence of racial disparities in arrests by SROs. Well, you don't say. Uh, two juvenile judges <laughs> found that student arrests 
and juvenile court referrals increase when SROs are present in schools. It is important to acknowledge that increased arrests do not necessarily mean that schools are safer. These judges also noted that a primary responsibility of police officers is to make arrests when there is probable cause. These probable cause judgments may be contributing to disparities in law enforcement referrals for specific racial groups. So that's like, yeah, I mean, that's that's the issue. <laughs> that they can, they are the ones that are in charge of deciding if it's probable cause or not. That's the problem. Exactly. Exactly. It's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, the also like this this fucking weasel shit about. Um, it is certainly inappropriate to quantify the cost of saving lives. And you're like, uh, do, can we go back to the part where cops regularly kill people? Yeah. So, like, what the fuck are you trying to say here? You know, <laughs> like, if, if, if your calculations are accurate, they could have employed 95, 96, like fucking like, you know, top tier social workers, you know, like fucking yeah. like, you know. Spartan boot camp level social workers who, you know, are like just fucking roided up with compassion and, and, you know, yeah. And that 96 full time workers is that, that's workers making $60,000 a year. So yeah, not, exactly. Like they're not being <laughs> underpaid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they could have done, done something radically different with that money, you know, but of course, um, so after the after this part, the article actually gets better. Um, so thanks okay. to the empirical evidence, the author finds mm-hmm. that SROs have almost no effect on safety. Uh, school race has almost no effect on safety, and that the most powerful determining factor is the school environment, uh, which is primarily related to factors controlled by the state, as in like how much right. money goes to, into schools. <laughs> yep. So like the more yep. resources yep. they yep. have and the more like the smaller the class size and all that stuff, uh, right. the, the safer the school is. Yeah. Yeah. Really well, I was going to say like, yeah, like the, the school district relationship to class is something that, you know, is, is worth bringing up too, right? Like race and class, uh, mm-hmm. going together, probably in this case, uh, in a lot of ways where you're like, well, you know, uh, if you are in a district that's not getting much money and you're from like a poor community that's just like, you know, if you're poor, it means you're like under constant pressure and you're very anxious and things get negative really quickly, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know how uh, economically mixed these schools are in North Carolina, but it would, it would also be interesting interesting to see that sort of factor Um well, no, what, school what funding of, uh, is like one of the has. most direct like race class relationships there is because school funding is determined by property taxes. So the richer the people right. are in an area, the more funding their school mm-hmm. gets because they have they pay more property mm-hmm. tax. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally just like fucking just <laughs> just fucking galaxy brain meritocracy bullshit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, ah, oh, if you're rich, it means you deserve it. And if you're not. It means you don't deserve it and you're bad and you and you should work harder. But, you know, we totally live in a fucking fair system. We've, we need we students to get ahead by, like, getting a good education so they can get a good job and get ahead. Right. And, right. Uh, by the way, we're going to determine how well you can get ahead entirely on the amount of money that you have currently. <laughs> right, right, right. What a fucking travesty. All right. Um yeah. 
So the next one I have is from May 2020. So this is like, um, oh, actually, let me go to the April 2021 first. So um, yeah. this is after, uh, you know, lockdown, bef- but before George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Which is key uh, to understand. <laughs> <laughs> so this person says uh, that we should use the National Guard to patrol the streets. <laughs> Um, so they start by saying that uh, 15% of NYPD officers are mm. out sick due to COVID. Uh-huh. Right. Um, not surprising Good. since none of those fucking assholes ever wear a fucking mask. Right. Um, too bad not enough of them are dying of it. Uh, but anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the author says since coronavirus has taken out a bunch of cops, we should let the National Guard police the streets. Uh, So I just have one excerpt. This is actually a really short article. Uh, So Mm -hmm. they say, it may be the most prudent thing we can do to prevent a risk of deteriorating social stability and security conditions in a number of American cities uh, in the spring, in the spring and the hot, potentially very dangerous summer of 2020. Uh Not a very good sentence there. Uh, Yet it is also highly fraught and requires significant preparation. Oh, you don't say. Including for training guard personnel quickly and pairing them with police if and when they go on the beat. Jesus Christ. And this really gets me. The warrior culture and warrior profession are much different than those of police officers. <laughs> what in the fuck are you talking about? Uh, that's just some, like... That's just some, like, fucking... Uh... Cops are, like, more of a warrior culture than fucking soldiers are. What are they... What the fuck are they talking about? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's like I, I'm trying to like take a stab at like uh, what I've heard from uh, people who are more like military analysts and stuff. And there's like a concept, right? That like there's something uh, there's something like you know military bearing and like a, a kind of discipline that is instilled in like military officers in particular, mm-hmm. uh, but also in, you know, the, the troops so they're, like, they're disciplined and they're, and they're like sort of grave, serious people who, you know, like are, are like standing up for what's right, you know, and that's why we send them into the field and you're like, Oh, that's not necessarily true. You know, there's definitely, well, I'll put it this way and I will give them this. There is more, there's far more philosophy that has gone into uh, military and military science over the centuries. Sure. Um, you know, the police, yeah. they have, they have fascism. Okay. That's what the police have. Right. So that's what I'll give them. But we also know that like the national guard and the army and everybody else is a bunch of fucking like blonde 17 year olds with a hard on whose wives are getting fucked by the comrades pretty much every weekend. So like, if that's what warrior culture is like, I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess I'm iffy about it, but sure. You know, why not? Right. <laughs> But if they come home, then, like, you know, the fun's over, right? So, And, like, people yeah. that – I mean, the people that I've known <laughs> that have signed up for National Guard are, like mm-hmm. – they, they basically just want the valor. They don't, like yep. – th- they don't think that they're, like, at war. Gonna get – They're, like, yeah, oh, exactly, I guess, exactly. you know, if the time comes to serve my country, I'll do it. But, you know, in the meantime, right, I'll get, right. like, money but for college and blah, 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 <laughs> and valor and stuff. Right, right, right. But cops literally think they are at war all the time. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. They think they're, like, part of the fucking eschaton and that... Right. (laughs) They're, like, meeting out divine justice. Like, they're the most warrior culture 
besides maybe the IDF in the world. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. Well, I think I think this is what to to to, to make a kind of a to press the point because you know maybe this is just my bias uh, still kind of rattling around inside my head too. Um, but like the the cops don't have like bushido, right? Yeah, the the, the cops are not um, put through like fucking, they have the opposite. Yeah, you know, sorry. They have the opposite of Bushido. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. They, all they have is like fascism, you know, um, and, and you know, white supremacy and shit, right? Which is the exact job that it's per- intended to be, you know, is the, the, the job of being police uh, is to be a fucking fascist pig who oppresses people who aren't, you know, blue-eyed white males and their, and their female property, you know? Um Basically, so, let's go over the, the seven virtues of Bushido and see if it applies to cops. Let's uh, fucking okay. do it. So number one, gi, which is integrity. Uh-huh. Be acutely honest throughout your dealings with all people. Believe in justice, not from other people, but from yourself. Hell no. Uh-huh. <laughs> they yeah, will lie their ass off. Have that. <laughs> yep. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. They will like openly plant drugs on people and be like, yeah, I'm doing this so that I yep. can fucking arrest you. Try something. Right. Right. Uh, Ray, which is respect. True warriors have no reason to be cruel. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> they don't have that. <laughs> right, they don't have that at all. They have the I love it. They, they do not need to prove their cruel. strength, and they're like constantly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, which is heroic courage, hiding like a turtle in a shell is not living at all. <laughs> that in itself. <laughs> that's the most opposite the one they have there <laughs> yeah yeah like it's driving it's around in a like tank like, to like shoot fucking sound right. cannons at people holding <laughs> umbrellas <laughs> right 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 like these fuckers are like they show up strapped up and like with their fucking helmets and shit on and everything uh literally hiding like a turtle in a shell so according to bushido cops are not living things <laughs> so you know hey <laughs> okay. uh so uh mayo which is honor mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. little chinese joke mayo they don't have it ah uh, nice they <laughs> do not have it um gene which is compassion of course fucking not Oof. right clearly makoto which is honesty and sincerity so we already touched on that one they covered that one yeah 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 uh and chew which is duty and loyalty well they have loyalty that's for fucking sure right to each other and themselves yes (laughs) so they have half out of seven (laughs) right right when it's like what i'm seeing here on on the wikipedia is they're immensely loyal to all of those in their care which Uh is definitely not what cops do Right. <laughs> like, except maybe capital, you know, capital and capitalists. Yeah. I guess if they consider yeah. those to be in their the care. The thing that's in their right, care is windows. The argument, but... <laughs> Store windows. <laughs> right, right, right. Cops. Man, cops love windows. Or, I don't get it. <laughs> or white supremacist shooters. Yep. yep. Give them a lot the of Dylan respect. Thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. The kid in New Mexico. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Or the guy in, uh, what, what city was it where that? Uh, that young kid got shot in the arm. Was that Seattle? Uh, which kid? 
I mean, uh, like like a guy who drove his car into a crowd of people, and then got stuck. Oh or yeah, something. that was Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. They yep. definitely protected his ass. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Yep. So yeah, that was the end of the article. By the way, that was the whole thing. Like uh, the warrior culture uh-huh. and warrior well, professions just... are much different than those of police officers. Burr, 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 burr. That's uh, it. And I love how great like, article. I mean, dude. we just said so much more. Up- Right. We just said so much more about that than the article itself did. Like, yeah. like okay, let's let's talk about Bushido. Like, that's a legit code of honor, right? That's a Pay me $110,000 you know? a year to write this bullshit. Seriously, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one is from May 2020. And this is still before George Floyd. Um, mm. Maybe like... Maybe not before the incident, but before it got all the attention. Um, but so, uh, yeah, Brookings reposts some fucking psycho from uh, this other site, which has a terrible name, Lawfare. Um, and oh, they say, Lawfare, yeah. oh, you've heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. Okay. Um, so they say that cops need to act as a deterrent on gang violence after the first wave of COVID. And that we also need to, quote, organize <laughs> food banks. Uh, so the, the passage I pulled out here is, um, such a focus is all the more urgent as gang violence is likely to increase, in part because finances of gang members, like those of most Americans, will be depleted and street crime, such as drug dealing, may be driven by food insecurity. I like that they point that uh, out and they're not like, hmm, maybe gangs are caused by uh, food insecurity or <laughs> right, right, right. a lack of opportunity <laughs> for people. Um, already, some U.S. localities have experienced a rise in shooting, including fatal attacks over local drug retail markets. In addition to an important mm-hmm. focus on well-tested and effective problem-oriented policing, I'm, maybe that's their new reform thing instead of community policing. Right, um, right, right. right. Responses for avoiding a renewed rise in violence may include engagement with local community leaders to organize food banks and to discourage street violence and retaliation. I like how they don't so, say, like, we need to fund food banks or anything. We need to organize them. Right, right. As if they're just we need, in shovels, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We need, we need cops to uh, control the food supply that's going to really solve a lot of problems in yeah. america <laughs> well they are going to work with local community leaders so you know oh yeah no that's not true. all They'll bad just make everything better yeah 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 <laughs> Lo- love to organize with a local community leader <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me I-, I tried to uh i was trying to like talk to someone about like uh oh you know just because some people are saying that like they don't want people to you know destroy property and loot stores uh doesn't mean that's what all black people think and uh they're like well i'm listening to the community leaders it's like well how do you know who they are and uh i can't remember if it was the person i was talking to originally or someone else that chimed in they were like oh someone who chimed in they were like uh well i would look at a registry of local nonprofits and see who the heads of those nonprofits are i'm not kidding (laughs) Yeah, that was their actual <laughs> response. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god, <laughs> this is exhausting. <laughs> uh, well, we're almost done, fortunately. 
Uh, so yeah. <laughs> another part of this article was uh, cops should stop going after undocumented immigrants uh, mm-hmm. because doing so uh, is bad for the cops. Oh, oh. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so God damn it. they said pressuring local police force pressuring local police forces to check immigration papers of residents and obligating them to prioritize hunting undocumented individuals will ultimately hurt law enforcement. The George W. Uh Bush administration tried that policy. It did not help reduce crime, and local police departments resented it and found it counterproductive. I'm sure they did. Diverting them from other (laughs) anti-crime priorities and alienating (laughs) local communities. Uh, So basically, uh, what happened is uh, the cops realized that by going after undocumented immigrants... Uh, they got to be even more unpopular and nobody would fucking talk to them at all. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) Uh, That is also what they say. They said communities in fear, including Uh those with legal immigration status, but whose relatives are undocumented, Uh shut down and refuse to interact with police forces. The sense of alienation grows and protests against police can escalate. Uh In the process, vital information on serious crime can be lost. Right. Oh, oh, so like because people realize even more than usual that you're a fucking like fucking vermin that mm-hmm. like you don't get to like snoop around in their dirty laundry anymore, you fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't think at any point during that article where they like, oh, by the way, it's also bad to like, you know, oppress people for not having papers. Right. Nothing about that. Just... Right. Oh well, you know, uh, it it makes it harder to help the the real benefactors of police, uh, right. white people who need them to solve crimes for them. <laughs> right, right, right. Um. Oh. All right. So finally, we have the defund the police article. This is from yes. this month, June twenty twenty. All right. So so this fucking defund the police thing. Uh, as I tweeted, as I mentioned, you know. You know your movement has momentum when fucking Brookings decides that they need to get ahead of this shit and put out their own, you know, tepid, milk toast, fucking watered-down bullshit centrist paper where they're probably going to, like, defend the, you know, the fucking, I don't know, rights and privileges of cops somehow through, like, a bunch of weasel words. But, um, so, yeah, so uh, here directly from the... Their, their article, states play a small role in financing policing, mostly through highway patrols. Instead, most police spending occurs at the municipal level, 86% in 2017, according to the Urban Institute, which is another, you know, fucking think tank. Uh, because of this decentralized funding structure, defunding the police will mean paying particular attention to those municipalities whose budgets show the most egregious imbalances between police and community improvement expenditures. And I, okay, I mean, sure. I so, do take. Yeah, go ahead. I gotta say, I I was like getting down on electoralism, uh, especially after you know the the primary was stolen before our eyes. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> but like thinking about this, if people get into electoralism at the municipal level, I think that would yeah. actually be a way to actually make a difference in policing. Because yeah. they yeah. actually have the power to disband or at least defund the department. Yes. 
that's actually um so so i'm into the like just the really broad strategy of municipalism you know of basically doing what you just said uh and focusing at the municipal level um and on municipal structures and budgets and stuff like that so that you can kind mm-hmm. of create uh yeah local uh reforms if you have to um and and actual good shit if you know if you can i was i forget who i was talking to but we were saying how like you know what we should do is just run a bunch of sheriffs everywhere uh get them elected and then they'll just themselves just disband the police because they ostensibly have the power to do so and then the sheriffs would you know through their office just be like all right community like let's let's talk this out you know um I think if if run that sheriffs is and a start fragging, <laughs> the what? <laughs> I said run sheriffs and start fragging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Parody satire. They have qualified um, yeah. immunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like oh, you know why not, right? Um, and and I think you know if if people find that to be viable in their municipality, they should absolutely do it. Like just run whoever the fuck you've got who you know isn't just going to take the money and run. You know, or like be a cop themselves, right? Um, Run the most stoner if, you know, guy you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, he's just somebody who's just going to be like chill and popular, and just run them. Um, so, let's see. What, what else do they say? They say, okay, a, t- a 2017 report by the Center for Popular Democracy, Law for Black Lives, and Black Youth Project 100 examined the budgets of 12 major U.S. cities and counties over the last three decades. Okay. They found that funding dedicated to incarceration, corrections, and policing has come at the expense of infrastructure spending, mental health services, housing subsidies, youth programs, food benefits programs, and other basic services that black communities desperately need. I am so shocked. Shocked. Shocked, I tell you. (laughs) Wow, budgets are limited? Are you sure? And, 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 pouring money into one thing at the municipal level takes away from other things. Well, but I don't, I don't fully, I don't fully grasp how this could be. Okay. So black majority Can cities, you go over that again Atlanta. one more time. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, the problem is that these municipalities can't print their own money anymore. Um, That's true. Like they did like 200 they years ago. Municipal yeah, banks. So, yeah, yeah. So it's like unless they basically communize, they can't. Uh, they have to deal with the zero sum bullshit, um, which is why, yeah, you need to organize. You know, to put uh, put people in these crucial roles like the sheriff or like that. Uh, I think like tre- treasury people, like things like that. Um, let's see. So black majority cities such as Atlanta, Baltimore, Detroit, Oakland, California, far exceeded the average for police funding. Huh, what a big surprise again. And most of the 12 budgets allocated more than a quarter of general funds to policing. A quarter of their general funds. I wonder if those black policing. majority cities had black majority uh, governments. That's, that's what I, you know, it they just must. came to mind for some reason. Because, you know, yeah. otherwise that would be like a symptom of white supremacy. Some kind of, uh, yeah, it's almost like, yeah, it's kind of legacy that never went away. Hmm. Yeah. Question for the audience, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Everybody go do your homework. Of the cities and counties profiled, Oakland gives police the largest slice of the pie at 41 fucking percent. 
Wow. That's ridiculous. Uh, somebody did a similar rundown on LA because of, you know, all this shit going on. And I think LA has something like the same kind of number where they're like, yeah, they pay about something like 30, 40% of their, of their city budget to just fucking law enforcement, which as, as somebody did uh, a comparison to like a household budget, they're like, that'd be like, if you, if somebody's like, Oh, so like, what's your budget like? And they're like, yeah, so I pay like, you know, 200 rent and like 200 for groceries and then like $1,500 for guns. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? The drill what the fuck? Like, but instead of candles, it's guns. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please help me. My family's dying. Um, <laughs> uh let's see that's like my neighbors my neighbors in this neighborhood i I live in like a shitty townhouse community (laughs) and i have all these neighbors (laughs) that have like all these security cameras on their fucking townhouse like they're these houses are like uh, and just bear in mind this is not very expensive at all for virginia for northern virginia they're like four hundred fifty thousand dollar townhouses and right like motherfucker what do you think people are gonna steal from your stupid fucking shitty townhouse nothing you don't have anything worth stealing right maybe a tv right Right. your fucking poster of corn or something like come on yeah some of the busybodies Um, in in the neighborhood like uh a couple months ago uh uh someone just like went and and, like car hopped and was like rummaging through people's cars to like look for a petty change or whatever they went through my car Uh i don't keep anything valuable in there because why would i what do i even have to keep valuable in there and, uh, yeah, they were, like, on the neighborhood Slack being, like, oh, uh, we're we're looking at people's cameras to see if we can see the person. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> and who fuck? gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Lock yeah, your yeah, car yeah. if you care. Like, it, it's <laughs> right, not a big right, deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just buy a thicker car, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And it's oh. really like they just didn't lock their door. That's it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, people. Anyway, it's it's, it's no, yeah, yeah. I, I feel I just again, it's it's one of those things where you're just like you have to take like a minute to like just like push the bullshit out of your brain again because you're like these people suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I kept getting notifications for like two days about it. And I was just like, oh my god, you you guys. Yeah please yeah yeah oh, the funniest man. thing was the funniest thing was one of the uh one of the people uh that was really getting involved her name is becky uh, <laughs> oh, this is too good I was like come on that's man it's a stereotype <laughs> right right <laughs> oh man so uh speaking of bullshit charges and, and calling cops for no reason and stuff um <laughs> Here's a conservative liberal statement on how much policing harms the public. So they cite a, a report that 39% of prisoners should be, according to them, should be, in big fucking quotes from me, in treatment, community service, or probation rather than incarcerated because they are nonviolent, low-level offenders or have already served long sentences. So you know, I like how they again, try to make that out to be like an objective statement. Like, right. According to this report... <laughs> with this statistic like yeah these people should be and blah 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 like should is completely a value judgment that is your ideology don't try to launder it through a fucking report 
Right, right. Like, oh, they've already served their time. Or like, oh, they're, you know, they're just like slapping the wrists, you know, like they should be in community service. You're like, no, they, they shouldn't have ever been arrested for weed or for yeah. fucking, I don't know, backing their car into somebody's car or whatever the fuck it was, you know. Or like the bullshit that fucking black people get killed for all the time, like selling Lucy's. Or uh, what was it like? A, was it like a twenty dollar bill or like a check or something with George? Yeah, twenty dollar for like, check. Oh, it's a, it's a counterfeit, and it's not a counterfeit. It was literally okay. Fucking call the legit. Secret Service, motherfucker. <laughs> right, right. Like you want to fucking call the Federal Goddamn Reserve for this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so get 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 the IRS on the phone so you can wait for three hours like the rest of us. Um, it, so you know, you know the other thing yeah. is here too. Like, I I think I think this type of person, uh, like really underestimates what probation is actually like yeah like they're just like oh it's just like probation you know you just have to like you know be good for a little <laughs> bit no right it's right, way right. worse than that <laughs> yeah yeah these are the, these are the straight-laced kids in the in the fancy fucking charter school who like never actually had to go to suspension or detention and so they're yeah. like yeah of course they deserve that you know they're like of course they did you know they they fucking broke the rules and you're like do you realize how fucking inhumane and pointless all of this shit is? Of course you yeah. do. You know, like you never have to fucking worry about this shit, you know, fucking cake eater. So, <laughs> right. So, so like, okay. So they're like, okay, you know, these people should be punished slightly less. You know, 39% of prisoners should be punished slightly less, you know, instead of being put in incarceration, like formal prison. Right. Which, Which I is, do like that. They put the number here. They said this amounts to nearly 600,000 inmates. Yeah. Yeah, just so that's a lot. Just think about that fucking number. That's right, insane. <laughs> yeah, it's also it's also proof that um, socialism is perfectly viable because they're just feeding these people, yeah, and housing them. And now now prison sucks and it's shitty, but it means that it's possible, right? Like they took all these people just dial out up the food then, quality, right? Yeah, exactly. Just be like, dude, like like six hundred thousand people literally just like on vacation sounds way better yeah i mean if you sent if, if somebody <laughs> i think i'm going with a bit of a kind of a wrong boys uh uh mind uh like sort of flight of fancy here but like imagine if like <laughs> you know we got to this kind of point in like a communist utopia where like everything had been decriminalized you know but there was a few obviously like very serious infractions you know against like the social good like the typical shit in like the Ten Commandments level of stuff, like don't rape, don't murder, you know, like that's that's shitty. Um, don't you know? Don't premeditate skinning your neighbor alive and then wearing it around <laughs> as a suit, right? Like that's stuff you don't want, right? Um, but like typically, you're like dealing with mental illness at that point too. And 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 uh, I just <laughs> I keep thinking like, what if there was like at that point there was just kind of like. Um, oh no, you did a mischief, so we're sending you off to Mischief Island where you're there with 600,000 people who, you know, who just like play video games and fuck off all day so you stay out of our <laughs> fucking hair. You know, like, I think that would be a, a worthwhile <laughs> and kind of cute way to deal with people who like can't sit still in society, you know, like like myself. Um, <laughs> just, and then people would be like, they just go off well, to an island and become like gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and they're like, and, and so people like start doing like kind of like playing games with it. Like, they're like, man, you know, like 
I know I only work 12 hours a week and it's not even mandatory or compulsory. I just, you know, sometimes I just want to fuck off like completely. So they're like, so I just like to go to take smoke breaks. (laughs) Right, right. I just went and I like threw a rock at somebody's house, you know, and the mischief people came and got me in the like their fun car and like (laughs) just took me to Mischief Island. Let me drive it around a little bit. (laughs) Right, right. And, And Mischief Island is just like suit just like goofball riot time you know you're just like yeah man like we live in these free houses and they ship food and it's like it's great everything's fine you know just get your wiggles out instead of being arrested you arrive on the island and you, just, you see a bunch of clowns like honking their noses and hitting themselves yeah their <laughs> exactly right right <laughs> and it definitely you know and it's not it's the kind of thing that would have the opposite effect of these horrible prisons that brutalize you and like sort of um, sculpt you into brutal people you know and traumatize you into like further violence and like trauma bonding with other people who are in the same kind of situation and like Mm -hmm. uh and trauma and trauma bonding with people who are like truly heinous you know who like get off on like evil things you know and then you get out you're stuck in some kind of gang or like you're you're, you know people are following you around trying to get you to keep doing a favor to halfway house right Right, all this bullshit, and then people won't hire you because you're a fucking ex-con, and you know whatever the fuck you can't vote because you're a felon. And it's like you got to you know, go Mischief work Island, for killer bread. <laughs> yeah, Miss, Mischief Island would just re-socialize or like or like uh, kind of fun socialize all the all the people who just really are just so antsy that like they can't sit still, you know, and they're like, I just want to just steal a car, man. Yeah, you know, it's it just sounds fun, and you're like, hey, that sounds like a perfect <laughs> ticket to guess where, you know. <laughs> like yeah so you know, it's actually pretty weird because like you know ha- having a car is actually a crime now so you know right yeah exactly right, right. <laughs> they're, they're like it's not that you took it it's that you shouldn't have a car in the first place <laughs> <laughs> those are for museums now <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so yeah so that's my opinion uh but um, so, so it, it amounts to nearly 600,000 inmates, this, this, you know, this idea they had of like, you know, putting 39% of current prisoners into, you know, cre- treatment, community service, et cetera. And they say, you know, releasing I think them it would should be a hundred percent. Exactly. Right. Um, and, and that's, it's like, this is, this is my problem. All of our problem, right. With like the fucking, the mediocre, like reform bullshit is that it's like, Okay, so you said, oh, what if we put 39%? But, like, why don't we do 100%? Why don't we just fucking free everybody, right? What the, why would you stop? Yeah. You know, where yeah. the, where, why would you stop? <laughs> oh, well, because it's dangerous. Oh, who's, who's it dangerous for? And then you go right back into that cycle. But they say, and this is the neoliberal shit coming back again, specifically, uh, releasing them would not only mean freeing those citizens, but also freeing. Twenty billion dollars per year, and here's where all the suits start touching themselves. Well, I'm, glad the, you know? I'm glad the money gets freedom. <laughs> right, right, yeah, it's freeing the billions. Oh, the, the billions, the billions it can finally and, and spread say, its wings. <laughs> right, right, those little flapping dollar bills, like fucking, <laughs> just perching. You know, only only every few years do the twenty billions uh, uh, hatch and spread their wings in the jungle of wealth in America. And we, you know, we look at them through our telescopes and shit. And, yeah. Um, but they say it's enough to employ 327,000 teachers, which of course, you know, I mean, that's just like a, a fun, li- like liberal, like kind of uh, little like, grace note, right. Of just like, look at all the teachers we could employ. Like, I mean, that would be cool. Right. Bunch of fucking teachers. You could pay teachers finally 
in, that's but, the, but like, the that's the, the guy who doesn't work equivalent of saying FTEs. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> and 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 I think this is funny though because the defunding of education and like the destruction of the teaching profession, right, the gutting of all this, actually is in tandem with mass incarceration and and all this other shit. Like I mean, they just talked about fucking the you know the budget balancing thing, which you know that's fair uh, at the municipal level. Um, but like their own, their own logic, right. The, the system that they think in about, you know, oh, money's everything and capital's everything and shit. Like it requires that we incarcerate people. It, it requires that we make people that we like, uh, de-educate people and defund education because it makes people more vulnerable and more easily exploitable. And it makes sure that like, Places like the Brookings Institute continue to receive funding to put out milk toast propositions, yeah. and that is like literally so, the, you know they go on. That is like part of the yeah. school to prison pipeline is defunding schools so that exactly. schools get worse, exactly. which, as we just learned, yep. makes them less safe. Which means there's more yeah. violent crime. Which means there's more kids getting right. arrested and putting put into juvie in prison. Yep. 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 Uh, like the, the, they go, the infrastructure is already in place to absorb new jobs and local economies, whatever the fuck that means. There are counselors and programs for victims of sexual assault, services for people experiencing homelessness or suffering from addictions, like my addiction to, um, you know, planning things in Minecraft, and departments <laughs> which respond to domestic abuse. <laughs> These programs exist, but they are not adequately funded. Sure, yes. Reducing incarceration and police departments bloated budgets will allow us to bolster these services and alleviate the burden we lay on police and prisons. Okay. Now here's the question. <laughs> Whose fault is it that these problem these programs are not funded? Right. Hmm. Exactly. It comes back to that. It's like come on, motherfucker. <laughs> Be serious. Just let us fucking run this show. Uh, you know, we know what we want. We know what's good for us. Um, so, okay. Okay. So the author does get pretty confrontational at this point. Um, the militarization of police in urban areas exemplifies the inefficiency of racism. Good. Yeah. That's solid. That's the big problem <laughs> in with a weird racism is way. the inefficiency, but <laughs> it, hey, this, the, right. I'm like, I'm like, that's, that's, this is probably a savage burn for <laughs> someone who works at Brookings. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Right. Like they're like, wow, if racism is an economic system, uh, that, you like know, God, you didn't have to go that, that far. <laughs> inefficient, right? And this is again, this is like in you know, a neoliberal fucking mind trap of like, well, you know, we're all about utility, uh, efficiency, you know, and you know, capital returns. The so, system like, just does what it does. It can only right. be more and or racism, less efficient at it. <laughs> right, racism is is the wrong um, app to run on this machine. So like. <laughs> You know, it just it just clogs it up. It uses too much RAM. Yeah. Um, local cops driving. We need to tanks build more, uh, build fewer racism factories, and uh, build more learning to code <laughs> factories. Yes, yes. If only the racists were learning to code, they would obviously <laughs> just become more humane and not come somehow like create racist drones or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which unfortunately is already the fucking case. But yeah. Um, yeah, they're just called drones. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like, <laughs> well, 
Local cops driving tanks do nothing to make communities safer. Yes, correct. Uh, the resources spent on training and maintenance for such wasteful equipment should be seen as stealing a job that could have been much more useful. Again, the ideology is just like so corny. <laughs> they're like the cops. They're like, how do I make the cops sound bad? But like not so bad, but like bad. They're like, they're stealing your jobs. <laughs> like the, the cop tank is stealing your job. And you're like, oh, what? Okay. All right. I mean, okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, I don't want the job, but uh, I guess, I guess they took it from <laughs> exactly. me. Okay. All right. Uh, military equipment in urban areas represents the extent to which we consider black people enemies of the state, not members of it. Yeah, that's true. If we truly want to add value to black majority neighborhoods, again, I hate that phrasing because I know what they mean, and it's racist itself. We should defund the police and prison systems to reprioritize that money in ways that respect the members of society that black people are. And that phrasing right there is also very fucking awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> respect the members of society that black people are they're like yeah. they're like it's like it's like a fucking afterthought they're like correcting themselves on the end <laughs> like come on fucker like start with people <laughs> i i will give it to him though the the one sentence at the beginning of that paragraph was good military equipment in urban areas represents the extent to yes. which we consider black people enemies of the state yes that's yes. that's good I, shit i agree with that one yeah, I can't think of anything Do more of that. about that. Specific Do less of the efficiency right, exactly. bullshit. No one cares yeah, about efficiency yeah. except for you guys. Shit, you know, yeah, none of this like <laughs> fucking means testing and shit. Like, and and if you're gonna abolish, abolish 100 percent. Because if you're not abolishing 100 percent, you're not abolishing at all. You're not doing shit. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it'll just come right back. Um, so since since we're on the subject, and and admittedly, uh, I haven't like tried to look into this myself. Which I probably should, but uh, I just uh, haven't. Uh, mm -hmm. So, if if we do the compromise uh, thing of defunding the police instead of abolishing, disbanding right. the police, right, uh, right. So what, just like take away. What their, is to yeah. prevent the next person who comes into office from just refunding the police? This exactly. This is exactly what frustrates me about the defunding. Um, idea yeah because i think people are saying like okay defunding is like a, a digestible way to say abolish you know it, it describes a process of abolition um and I, I i'm just gonna bring up that phrase again that i used which is uh <laughs> deathmatch acceleration speed run ask for <laughs> fucking everything yeah you know this is not time to be like, well, you know, people won't get it. You're like, if people don't get it after watching literally people over People know what abolition is. Yeah. If, Everyone if learned about the abolitionist after... movement in fucking school. Seriously. Seriously. People were in the streets in every fucking state this time, and they are still out there. And people are talking. White people that I know are, are actually finally fucking listening to black people, and they are asking about these things. They are asking about what the fuck is happening, what, you know, what's happening with the cops, or where, you know, why are the cops like this, and I didn't know the cops were like this, and all this kind of shit, right? They're actually not, uh, you know, like when I told that person, I was like, the, you know, eight, eight can't wait is bullshit, and they were like, well, you know, I don't know, I mean, what if, what about? And I was like, no, 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 eight abolition is what we want, 
that was also you know produced by black thinkers who are actually working in good faith it is older than you probably think this has been in the works for a while this is legit you know these are the things that we need there's no fucking point in stepping backward even an inch and uh, we have to become militant about these 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 uh, uh, this abolition about these changes to our fucking society and we have to force people aggressively uh, inca- uh, uh, excuse me um, confront people in such a way that they have to fucking think critically and be creative with us right yeah because you have to you have to pin people and say if you were bothered by all this, then what is to stop you from helping us? Which is why on Facebook I said, um, <laughs> I basically just put it out there like a week or two ago now. I said, if you are not going to help us abolish the police, then I think we should start working on abolishing our friendship. You know, and some, I, I got some fucking reactions. Yeah. And some people were like, well, you're, I guess you're going to have to cut me out. I was like, all right, bye, bitch. You know, like, get the fuck out yeah, of my face. I, I, I said I said in my in my own replies to myself, basically, just for clarity, I was like, I, I will cut you the fuck out of my life. I don't give a single fuck. Like, yeah. this shit is necessary. This is civil rights and it is nothing less. And so we have to be very confrontational, but also educational. And we have to, you know be armed with resources to, to point people in the right direction because, you know, libs are soft um, and you can basically po- poke them with a stick in any given direction as long as they're listening uh, and, and don't let them go back to their fucking comfort zones. You have to keep guiding them until they actually, you know, pay attention uh, kind of fully and just go with it. Right. Uh, but even a lot of conservatives are apparently from what I've, I've heard uh, are, are, are like, dude, we we uh, we we really need to uh, change what's going on, you know. Um, yeah, I uh, I know one guy who um, was like, you know, he's kind of like a conservative libertarian, kind of rural kind of guy, but but he's like a thoughtful guy, you know. He just doesn't necessarily know politics that well, uh, but he's interested in like ethics and justice and stuff. Uh, but he posted something about how like he's like, you know. I used to think that gradual reform was really like the, the most kind of sensible, stable way forward with, you know, any kind of like, oh, police brutality as like these occasional things. But now that I've seen what happened at, at, at these protests and I've looked at all these all this footage, he's like, we can't we can't do anything less than abolition. Or I should say he said radical change. Right. Like radical, okay. you know, like overhaul, whatever the fuck we're doing with with community safety and security, you know, Um I was like, okay, cool. Well, welcome. Here's here's some uh, here's some thoughts. Here's some resources. You know, <laughs> because <laughs> if you're at that point, that's very important, and and you can come with us. You know, you might not even you know you might not be into socialism. You might not be into any of this other shit. But if you believe in fucking police abolition, you can be on our team for this one. You know, um, and I think we need to find those people uh, if they haven't already come. Yeah, to if, us. if you're a small government conservative fucking prove it yeah 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 show us that you believe that the fascist cops should not run our fucking towns yeah if if you if you have all those guns because you want to overthrow tyranny prove it yeah yeah let's see it let's see let's see the fucking courage yeah 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 so you know that's that's kind of my thinking on that um you know uh it's it's a it's a a nervous terrifying and exciting time 
Um, it's wild how fast like everyone's rhetoric has changed. I mean, yep. I don't know if that's going to result in actual outcomes, but right, right. And I think um, what we're seeing is that the outcomes are happening at the municipal level, which I think uh, is mm-hmm. kind of proof, proof in the pudding of like it may not be uniform. In fact, it really can't be uniform. And as and as especially as like anarchists, decentral organizers, whatever, we really shouldn't expect that things will be uniform because that implies that like some central hierarchy decided something for everybody. And that just isn't really appropriate. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because like deciding, deciding a policy that fits New York um, is going to have to work for like fucking, you know, uh, I don't know, random fucking Out place in Virginia Utah or something. Yeah, exactly. Like that's just absurd. Right. And I think most people would agree with that. Um, but what it does require, of course, is that we take advantage of this, opportune moment this very key moment in north america and in the world really because people are watching us and they're watching our legitimacy fade at the federal level while they're also taking heart that um, that the average american is actually rising up in support of black lives against fucking fascist police state right and having the fucking difficult conversations that you know us leftists have been trying to to get people to have for years decades and suddenly people are interested you know partly because of that surveillance that we talked about yeah um and so i think you know i I think think yeah we can do go ahead and finish yeah no i just that that's it i think we can do this and i think we just have to push hard i think another thing uh that that would be a problem if we did try to do it at the federal level, even if we were capable of, you know, achieving that level of power. Mm-hmm. Um, it would obviously involve some compromise with the people who control most of the government, but also, mm-hmm. but I, I think basically what would happen is even if the, we did some police abolition thing, they would just expand some federal agency to exactly. take on the role of police. Exactly. And if yeah. if things happen at the municipal level, uh, that won't there won't be as straightforward of a change right. in that sense. Right. Right. Because yeah. um, there are like vertical checks and balances between like the, the what like municipal, state, and federal levels um, that would potentially act as kind of a firewall against say like yeah. federal intervention under most circumstances. I think. Um, and so you could even, I mean, you could even forestall, for example, I think you could forestall like, uh, the deployment of the national guard to your municipality. Um, even if like, say the governor was interested in like quashing something, but then at the local level, you're like, no, this is good. You know, we're, maybe we're having a little, uh, you know, a little, uh, luau or something with our, (laughs) with our community defense folks. And, uh, (laughs) You know, and and uh, we just don't want you to interfere with um, us uh, kind of rearranging the guts of our town here. Um, and and I'm pretty sure that there are ways that people can discover in their particular municipalities because everyone is a little bit different, right? Some are like, oh, we have a mayor. Oh, we have a council. Oh, we have a city manager, whatever. Yeah. Oh, we have a sheriff. Oh, we have a constable. You know, there is that level of variety, that degree of variety that people should just research on their own. And I think another way that they can kind of um, get involved in uh, local kind of like uh, change making is to um, look at the laws on the books uh, 
for, for their municipality because I used to proofread municipal legal code for about a year for a job. And um, there's a lot of laws that are still on the books that are fucking bullshit. Uh, whether it's because it's like, oh, you can't ride an elephant on Sunday. And people are like, wait, what? Well, apparently somebody got some guy had an elephant. And he was riding it around and they said, well, just not during church, you know. <laughs> and so there's a fucking law in this one town that's like that, you know, whatever it was. And and then there's other, no law that places, says a dog can't be a cop. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and then in the other places, it's it's much more grievous shit that people just haven't reviewed because they don't think that they can have access to their own laws anymore. Right. And so it's like, oh, you know, for example, the fucking, you know, if you detain somebody, you can have sex with them without repercussion. Yeah. Right? It's like, well, maybe people in a municipality would be interested in either um, removing that uh, permission or creating a bar on that permission or something like that, you know, and, and getting active in that sense, um, organizing uh, in the municipality to to do that sort of thing as well. And then potentially also. Um, while there is a United States to fucking deal with, potentially also putting laws on the books in the municipality that create um, these firewalls we were talking about against uh, interference from, say, like, what if there's a, a full-on mask-off fascist takeover at the federal level and they decide these, these little rebel municipalities, you know, got to go. And you're like, okay, well, maybe you can save yourself like a week or two by putting some, some, some roadblocks in place uh, you know, I don't know how this fucking works at this level and I don't know, you know, constitutionally how it would work, but I think people should really research that, look into it locally. Another thing, uh, and abolish the cops. <laughs> this is going to sound very liberal, but, uh, if, mm -hmm. if that recent Twitter thread is to be believed, letter writing campaigns can actually like totally derail a local government for, a Oh while. yeah. Yep. Yep. If you if you actually have variety in your message, right? Like, you know, don't copy yeah. paste shit. Write your actual letter, send it, and they have to fucking deal with it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would suggest, I would suggest, you know, right, you know, I would suggest going like every every route, right? You do everything. You know, you you send them an email. You know, personal email. I believe See, that's what the anarchists refer to as diversity of tactics. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, pushes up glasses. Um, but like the, uh, you know, you send them like, you send them an email to everybody in the fucking local government. So, you know, that it's in every fucking inbox and everybody does that. Right. Um, you know, so you get like three, you hack their website and you put pig poop balls email. on it. You know, and you do whatever you want. Yeah, do what you want with that. And then you also send them a, a, a physical letter, right? That says so everybody does that. Right. Um, and then you call them, right? So it's a calling campaign as well, you know. And then you also uh, flood them on Twitter and Facebook with ads and mentions, you know. Yeah, um, you switch the you first that, letter of their first and last name. <laughs> ex ex exactly. And if you do that, all of that, and you have enough people doing it, you know, you can literally, you can just fog them out. Until they just start so fucking exhausted, you know, from the weight of their uh, collective uh, obligations and, and so forth that, you know, they fucking have to do something. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, uh, we want so-and-so for sheriff. And they're like, why? We've never heard of him. And you're like, no, just trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Uh, do you have anything else? Not really. Uh, you know, uh, my, my cat, as usual, says fuck 12. So you know, <laughs> that's basically all we got from him. And, uh, you know, the weather's pretty good here. Um, I keep thinking about how, like, you know, people, people think of, you know, summer is the riot season, right? And uh, there have been articles in the past that said, you know, as climate change gets worse, you know, the, the insurgencies and riots will get worse, too, because it'll just be a longer and longer season every year. And I'm like, you know, that sounded sort of scary for a while, but now it's starting to sound pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> like a cool zone. <laughs> all right. That's, that's all uh, I got. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go ahead and exit the cool zone now. Um, right. Go back to the uncool zone. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to plug anything because uh don't need to. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for listening. And thank you, Chris, for coming on. Uh, Thanks for the episode idea. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is fun. Uh, Hopefully we can do more in the future since uh, we're all in quarantine. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that'd be be a good idea. All right. Uh, Bye, everyone.